This is the Hard Mark Podcast, starring Eric Donaldson and Ryan Murphy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast. This never gets easier for you, does it? As soon as I launch into my thing, you're always just I like... I feel like sometimes it gets harder. Like <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd get more comfortable with this process over time. Do you want to do the... Here, you do the intro. No, no, God, no. Do what I do. Just do an impression of me. No, I, I, I don't have that skill set. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast. <laughs> my name is Eric Donaldson. With me is Ryan Murphy. We are, in many ways, the Dharma and Greg of pro-wrestling-oriented podcasts. So allow me to introduce, I know I just said his name, but let me give a formal introduction to the Robert, to my Ray Barone, the man of a thousand compliments, Ryan Murphy. Ryan, how you doing? Pretty good. Glad to be here. Did you understand any of the references that I just made? <laughs> Can't call me out right off the bat. I'm starting with a call out. Yeah. Um... Darman and Greg. Do you know that reference? <sighs> ABC, mid, mid to late 90s. Jenna Elfman. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Getting the... there. Yeah. No, yeah is I... that nothing? Nothing <laughs> so far? That's fine. Uh, what about Robert and Ray Barone? Do I... those, those names ring any bells to you? Is it... Um, is it... Uh, everybody loves Raymond. Hey! Yes, absolutely. That's it. You, you nailed it. Thank That's you. right. Uh, any, any idea why I, I'm mentioning these, no, these no, sitcoms? No idea. Well, that's because today's episode all revolves around a famous sitcom actor turned wrestler that's right big time stuff but before we get into that i just wanted to you know welcome you to your cream uh we're here <laughs> we're we're here to grapple your eardrums slam your auditory senses and leg up your lobes <laughs> you've all been <laughs> allow you to just okay that was good <laughs> like, i'm glad uh, so yeah, it, you've made it through the first three episodes, presumably. Maybe you skipped uh, one or two, I don't know. But you're here now with episode four, and we do a thank you. Uh, hopefully the the audio uh, quality is coming up. It's just every week it's going to get better and better. We're on the come up. All those fabulous sponsors. We're getting that gold belly money, Ryan Murphy. We're getting that sweet, sweet gold belly Did money. Did you get the cookie? I do have the cookie. You- Okay. I do have the cookie. We'll have, okay, right. we'll have a cookie conversation. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm not, you know, committing to anything just yet, but you and I will have a cookie conversation. Sorry, you should have told me that right off the bat. I, I was excited to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. Yes. We were supposed to see each other last week, but, you know, oh. Man of a Thousand Compliments decided he's a little too Hollywood to show up to uh, our pizza date. But that's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you have any, any follow-up items, anything that you've been tossing and turning about from last week's episode that you're like, oh, I, I need to address this right off the bat? No, I'd have to, I'd have to hear it. That's shocking. Uh, I have one thing <laughs> that I wanted to, uh, to address. Yeah. Uh, so just to set the stage, so last week's episode uh, revolved around the Steiner Brothers versus Harlem Heat. Uh, Ryan Murphy dictated that that was actually the worst wrestling match of all time, it according to was. our very scientific study. Mm-hmm. One of the key key points of that match was the Tennessee stud, Robert Fuller, uh, taking a cane and thwacking, uh, I believe it was Rick Steiner, over the head with it, costing them the match. And I believe you claimed that he was in his 60s. Yeah, I may have, yeah. That sounds... Are you uh, going to shock me here with his... Uh... I don't know if I'm going to shock you, uh, but I did do a little bit of research. And at the time of that, that uh, airing of that show, 46. Wow. So, yeah, I, I knew when, that he was when not... When was this? This was in the 90s? 96. Yeah, I, I don't recall the date off the top of my head, but I think it was summer summer of 90, 96. I don't know if people aged as well in the 90s. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's rough. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just... He's the Tennessee stud. He, he, the rumor is that... Is he, he still alive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's now he's That's in the 60s. Like now. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, fun fact uh-huh. about the Tennessee stud... Uh, there's a there's Ron, which is his brother, Robert. Robert Fuller supposedly had like one of the biggest penises in the history of the wrestling business. Is that is that uh, do that, is do that official? With, like is that? I mean, I don't think there's been like you know <laughs> uh, official measurements taken or anything. Yeah. But like him, uh, Two Cold Scorpios, another one who I don't know if we'll get around to watching uh, one of his matches at some point, but another famously large penis. That's good to know. Uh, there's been actually, while we're talking about wrestling penises, um, 
just to, to give you some insight into the world of wrestling as it is now, one of the most popular memes going on right now in the world of professional wrestling for these shoot interviews where it's guys kind of like pulling back the curtain like, hey, what happened when, you know, you were asked to lose to such and such? Or, you know, what when this storyline was happening, what were you thinking? A common meme uh, of a question that will be asked during those interviews is, uh, how big is Batista's dick? Uh, which Batista was Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, if you saw that movie. Didn't see that movie. All right. It's no money ball. I'll tell you that much right now. But it's a <laughs> great it's, movie. <laughs> yeah, worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, oftentimes people will ask how big Batista... Stuber, do you, you have cable, right? We do, yeah. Do you, you remember that uh, Uber movie with Camille Nanjiani and, and Dave Batista? I just watched the documentary about Uber. I don't, I don't, sometimes I just can't meet in the middle with you. Like, I feel like I'm making references to things that are like, yeah, no, I don't. fairly topical and that people should know, but like, it's just no, blank not. stares on your end. I, what is it? What, Stuber? Yeah. It's a movie. Oh. It's just I'm, a, it's cable? a movie. It's just a cable movie? No, it came out recently, so I'm assuming there were probably commercials that were Oh, that's why you asked. Okay. Yeah. Do you know who Camille Nan... I can't, I'm not... I'm going to butcher his name each time. <laughs> Camille Nanjiani. Do you know him? Uh, from uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's also in uh, The Big the big Sick. Him. Mm -hmm. He was an Uber driver in a movie that just came out, like, a couple months ago. Oh, no, I want to see it. I really cop, like him. <laughs> a cop was using him to, like, transport him around. It was like an action comedy, buddy, buddy action comedy movie. No, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard of it. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> that's, that's the dick talk for this week's episode. Um, <laughs> as discussed, this week's episode... We're going to be delving into the world of, of sitcoms and, and things of that nature. Do you have any, any favorite sitcoms from when you were a young lad, Ryan? From when I was a young lad? Well, I, don't, I mean, it could be now. I, I, I No, like growing up, I, sitcom, I, Boy Meets World, was a, growing okay. up was a, was a big one. I, I don't know if um, you can watch The Office. That's the kind of a... Yeah, I mean... It's, uh, it's not like... I don't... It's yeah. not a traditional type right. of sitcom, it's, but I think it technically counts. But Boy Meets World, that's a valid... Uh, that was a sitcom sitcom. That was a sitcom That was like an ABC sitcom, yeah. That was about as much sitcom as you can pack into a half sitcom, hour. yeah. Uh, did you know they had a wrestling episode of Boy Meets World? Do you remember that? Yeah, no, I do. You do? I do, yeah. That's funny that he... Yeah. That the uh, kind of heavyset kid, yeah, his dad was, was a wrestler? Right. Did you know that that guy was an actual wrestler? Was he? Yeah, yeah. Vader. What's his name? His name was, I think it was in the show. He was Vader. Yeah. I believe that it was. Yeah. He's the most terrifying wrestler I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh. Yeah. He's my Shingo. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. He's like 400 pounds. He was a former like NFL linebacker or something. Just he points are right. Yeah. The more what? lucrative wrestling career. I feel like you're being a dick right now. No, no. <laughs> um... There's a lot of guys who, like, will have an injury and then they can't play in the NFL and then they'll kind of, like, get into other things. Like, wrestling, a lot of wrestlers started that way, mm. at least in the, I don't know, 70s, 80s, 90s, that, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, it's less less of that happens now, but it still is a, a fairly fairly common thing. Any other sitcoms that you remember fondly from your, from your ute? Mm. I wasn't that big into TV or movies. <clears throat> You understood my Everybody Loves Raymond reference. I knew I knew what the show you were referencing was. I didn't get the reference. You've never watched it? I have. Wait. Which, which reference were you referring to? Robert and Ray Barone. No. So you've seen the movie. So yeah, I've seen the show, but I, was, I didn't follow it. Like. So Ray mm -hmm. is the main character. Yeah. I called you the Robert to my Ray Barone. Uh, well, I just... Robert was like the big sort of... So I, got the, I got the names. I just, yeah. yeah. Robert was the big cop brother who was just kind of right. like living it with his parents and just sort of like a, you know, just, just, just there. Yeah. <laughs> you just, oh wow, you're just taking that. Hard day at work today, Ryan? <laughs> Hard day at work? Gonna, yeah, no. It's going as good as any other day. <laughs> so the reason I'm bringing up sitcoms is because today's episode is centering around uh, a gentleman by the name of Andy Kaufman. Have you ever heard of Andy Kaufman? I have. Oh, you have. Okay, that's good. That's that's refreshing that you know a name that I that I have. You seen Andy Kaufman before? Mm, I know the name. That's. I mean, yeah. he was 
pretty much before my time, so I'm not yeah. shocked. He was on Saturday Night Live a lot. He was, uh, he was. So Andy Kaufman originally came to prominence via his stand-up comedy act. I remember as a kid, I used to watch old Saturday Night Live episodes, and I think my favorite bit was Andy Kaufman. He'd have like a, a record player on stage. He'd be dressed in like this nice suit and everything, but he would like looked very timid, like he was doing f- weird finger things on stage and just kind of like very fidgety. And he just wasn't saying anything while the Mighty Mouse theme song played in the background. But then when the, here I come to save the day, like he would emote that, he would like lip sync it, and then he'd go back to being very timid. Like I thought that, that was the funniest shit ever when I was six. Uh, so that... That was my first exposure to Andy Kaufman. And I remember he made a few other uh, appearances on uh, Saturday Night Live. But he also, he probably, arguably, was most famous for the TV show Taxi, which uh, you've probably never seen before, which is fine. So, so Taxi, just to put it in perspective, so Andy Kaufman was the wacky character on Taxi. So he was like... Uh, you, let's see, you mentioned Boy Meets World. Is there a wacky Boy Meets World character, like the comic relief? It's probably the main character. Yeah. Like... So he was the he was the Kramer. Okay. He was okay. the he was the Kramer of yeah. Taxi. You know, he he just did a little wacky, like sort of foreign guy voice. It wasn't you couldn't place it with any country. You just know, like, oh, he's not from around. Thank you very much. Like he'd do that that bit. Uh, Danny DeVito. Uh, he was on that show. He was just kind of like a, a skeezy, um, you know, administrator guy that worked there. This is all like from 20 years ago of a show that I barely yeah. watched. But Tony Danza was on it. Everybody loves Tony Danza. Everybody. I mean, I've, I've not met one person who doesn't love Tony Danza. But that was how kind of Andy Kaufman became like a really, really big star was his time uh, on the TV show Taxi. Mm. But Andy Kaufman, one thing that he loved to do was like piss people off. He loved that to a degree that it makes a lot of sense that he would have an interest in being a pro wrestler. Uh, I'll give you an example. I remember there was a famous Andy Kaufman routine where he would take out The Great Gatsby and he would just start reading it. And that was the bit. That upset people? After four or five minutes when it became clear, like, okay, (laughs) this guy's not stopping reading the book. Like, there's no punchline here. The punchline is just, Oh, he's reading the entirety of The Great Gatsby? Yeah. So, so yeah, so eventually people will start booing, throwing stuff. Eventually they just get, like, tired of it and they leave. But uh, he, he would do stuff like that all the time just because he wanted to elicit emotion from people and just be different than, like, your standard stand-up comedian. Interesting. Which I think is, is brilliant. So <clears throat> one of the things that he incorporated into his act was wrestling. But... Um, do you know what he looks like? Do you kind of have a visual in mind? I know Jim Carrey yeah, played him in a yeah. movie. Uh, like, not a big guy no. by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so, because he wasn't a big guy and he wanted to kind of, like, be a bad guy wrestler, he would wrestle women. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and not only did he wrestle women, he crowned himself, and I believe he actually even made a uh, championship belt for himself. He crowned himself the intergender champion of the world. Intergen- that was that was his shtick, or one of his his things that he would do during his shows was supposedly, and who knows? I'll, I'll say this right off the bat: who knows how much of this was legitimate? They claimed that it was like women that were chosen by the audience to go up and wrestle him, like for real, like legitimately. So they would like grapple, and he would eventually take them down, and he would pin them, and there was a referee on hand, and that sort of thing. So um, he was doing that at his stand-up shows, and eventually. He kind of wanted to take that a step further, and then he started approaching like wrestling organizations with the idea of him performing on actual wrestling shows as the intergender champion of the world. So, like, is this like a comedy bit, or is this more of like he's actually trying to kind of find his way into? Uh... Uh, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column yeah. B. From what I've heard uh, from, like, people that were close to him, like, when he was a little kid, he wanted to be a professional wrestler. Like, that's what he dreamed of being. And I think that this was kind of, yes, his avenue of sort of living that dream out. But there were, like, which, as we will see a little bit later, if you are an outsider looking at this situation, like, it's hysterical. The shit that he's doing was so funny 
and like he made such a good bad guy wrestler if you're looking at it from the perspective of like I want to piss off as many people as I possibly can he was phenomenal at it like he completely got what professional wrestling is supposed to be so the rumor well I think it's been substantiated actually and I think uh, I've even seen an interview where this took place uh, I'm going to throw out one last name for you. I know that I've thrown a lot of names during this, this yes, show. It's going to be first. Just can't wait for that Ryan's yeah. Corner. Just unload. <laughs> Have you ever heard the name Vince McMahon? Yeah. Perfect. What do you know about Vince McMahon? Oh, it, I'm not, he was, he was, uh, he was a, uh, like the head of the WWE or he was part of like the XFL, like it's still establishing is. like that whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Movement and like the, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I like how you threw in the XFL. Yeah, no, that's, that's mostly what, and then from there I knew he was. Uh, uh, we are going to talk a lot about Vince McMahon, probably not on this episode, but like over the course of however many we end up doing, uh, there's going to be a lot of Vince McMahon talk. Vince McMahon is probably one of the most interesting people ever. Just so weird, so eccentric. Uh, simultaneously like a huge bastard but also can be a nice person it, it just very very interesting uh, interesting guy but you're right he he even today he heads up the world Did he, is he heading it up again there there was no stop oh. he always has even when the XFL was was happening he was still in charge of the WWE no, I know, but like the XFL coming back he's heading yes. it up again yes okay, okay. absolutely yeah. yes that is his baby uh, so after they it did, did really well the first time, so like, why not give it another shot? Absolutely, that million dollar game. Yeah, you know why that why that happened, right? The the new XFL. I don't know why it happened. I, I have an idea of like why it failed initially. I, uh, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know why it's well. I don't know why it came up again. Was there something that? Um. I, so it was the the XFL thirty for thirty that aired. Right. I think that's really that's- what spurred both, both the XFL kind of relaunch mm-hmm. as well as what was the league that just folded that uh, started up this past year? It was Ebersol's kid, Dick Ebersol's son, a Charlie. Hmm? A league that folded? Yeah, out? yeah. For like football. football? Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll get to the bottom. They don't have, I mean, they just don't have like a minor league system or anything like that. They were trying to establish one. Not yeah. the NFL, but this league was mm. attempting to like partner with the NFL like hey we'll essentially be okay. like your feeder league or whatever let's AAF that's so what does that stand for double A football <laughs> <laughs> okay here we go alright Alliance of American Football did you not hear about this no well I mean I think I think they've always been trying to establish some sort of like minor league even the NBA has something but like uh-huh. I haven't heard of anything that's actually been I mean were, were they playing yeah to any degree, they were. Yeah, they were, they were playing, playing a season, and then the were league. Were they being paid? I mean, who's to say about <laughs> that? But uh, they were they were absolutely playing. I don't. Uh, and they're going to put me on the spot here. These people are like out of college, and let's just pull up uh, the <laughs> the Alliance of American Football, commonly referred to in brief as the AAF or the Alliance, was a professional American football league founded by Charlie Ebersol and Bill Pullian. The AAF consisted of eight centrally owned and operated teams, all in the southern and western United States. Uh, I'm wondering if they even... Oh, geez. Okay, let's see. Did they finish there? Okay, here we go. So, the AAF began play on February 9th, 2019, six days after the, the Super Bowl. On April 2nd, 2019, the league's football operations were suspended by controlling owner Thomas Dundon. Dundon who purchased his stake in the league shortly after it began play. So, and then on April 17th, it fired, filed for bankruptcy. No, no Which, shit. Like, man, that was shorter than the XFL, yeah. than the original one. That lasted all of, wait, two months? Well, the XFL, actually, <laughs> I mean, the XFL had some marketing around. Like, I'm a football fan. I didn't even know about that, you know. XFL I, I knew about. See, sure. I thought that you were a football fan. I'm surprised. Like, you don't watch, like, SportsCenter or highlights or anything like that? Maybe they didn't make highlights oh, for, for this league on SportsCenter. Well, I, I mean, SportsCenter's not that good at covering anything that SportsCenter doesn't want to cover. So, um, Sounds like you have, that, that's your Ryan Corner topic yeah, right there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, apparently it was a two-month football league, but 
so <clears throat> the original XFL was founded by Vince McMahon and his business partner was Dick Ebersol, who mm. had been affiliated with NBC Sports for a long time. And it was kind of their brainchild. And then, obviously, it failed. We all know what happened with the original XFL. I thought it went well. I mean, it did go great. Yeah. We, we got some really cool uh, XFL cheerleader promos. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget when we went backstage into the cheerleader locker room. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I became a man that day. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura's yeah. uh, commentary was just spot on. So 2005, 6-ish? Earlier than that. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was around 2000, 2001. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so the whole, this, I don't even know how we got on this tangent anymore, to be honest with you. When the XFL 30 for 30 got made, it was Dick Ebersol's son who was, you know, involved in the entertainment business. He, he kind of like shot and directed it and he was in charge of the whole thing. And I think the more he got into it, he's like, oh, I could do this shit. Like I, I learned all the lessons from the XFL. Like I can, I can figure this out. And so he launched that. I think Vince McMahon got a hair up his ass, and he's like, "Well, fuck! I can now that there's all this interest in the XFL after this documentary, I can relaunch it too." So we had two, I guess you could say, competing leagues starting up within the span of a year uh, since the XFL is starting up in Jane. I'm not sure they were competing. <laughs> I, I would say that. Uh, very, very competitive. Very competitive yeah. leagues. But, yeah, Vince McMahon has done that. Vince McMahon also started a bodybuilding federation in the early 90s. It was, it was his attempt to take pro wrestling and put it in the context of bodybuilders. So, like, you'd give these bodybuilders, like, characters, and they had their own show. It was called WBF Body Stars. And like, as imagine wrestling, but instead of of uh, a, a fake fight in a ring, you would just have people posing at one another. That was the general premise of this show. <laughs> so, if you already are not a wrestling fan, yeah. <laughs> the idea of the WBF Body Stars starring yeah. Gary Stridham is uh, it was a tough sell. Even as like a eight year old kid, I was just like, this shit sucks. Like, there's no way I would ever watch this. So for for all of his many business missteps, Vince McMahon has, from the time that he purchased it from his father, been the head of the WWF, now WWE. And so he's actually a third-generation wrestling promoter, Vince is. Uh, his dad, also named Vince, but he's not technically... It's Vincent Kennedy is the current Vince McMahon. The older mm. Vince was Vincent... Jess McMahon, so it's technically not a junior okay. situation, but we'll just say junior and senior for yeah. the sake of this podcast. And then his grandfather was also a promoter. But at the time that Andy Kaufman was sort of making the rounds trying to get into professional wrestling, the first person he approached was Vince McMahon's dad about doing it in New York. What's important to know about wrestling in the early 80s is that there were different territories that existed. So there was a like basically an owner of the territory, and like they all kind of just made think of like the mafia, how they have lines in the sand where it's like this is my borough, you don't sell drugs in my borough, like that whole thing, that but wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so so you had like here in the Pacific Northwest, there was a guy named Don Owens. He he ran like the Portland, uh, Seattle region. I think even on up to like Vancouver, BC. Then you also had your California territory. I think California was probably split into different cities. The biggest market, in all likelihood, uh, for a very long time has been New York. And so the New York, sort of Upper East Coast, Boston, Philadelphia, uh, that region was always owned by the, the McMahons. And so Vince McMahon's father, Vince McMahon, we'll just call him senior, uh, he was the owner of it. Vince, Andy Kaufman went to him to pitch the idea of like, hey, can we have these intergender matches? Like, I'll... I'll, I'll... <laughs> Which, unsurprisingly, Vince Sr. was not about. He was not interested. They, I think they gave him the courtesy of one interview where he and Vince Jr. were kind of doing a thing and Andy was talking about it, but it never went any further than that, which you can actually find uh, that interview on YouTube. It's pretty entertaining. Very young Vince McMahon. So eventually, so eventually, Andy had to kind of go elsewhere and find other people who might be interested. And eventually, somebody pointed him in the direction of Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. Mm. The South. 
You ever been to Memphis before, Ryan? I, I, I haven't, but I'd like to. Anything in particular that strikes your fancy about going to Memphis? I, I did a report on Tennessee in, like, fifth grade. <laughs> um, Were you just randomly assigned a state? I don't know how I got to Tennessee. I think so. Um, yeah, that was... Memphis, Tennessee was ran by a guy named Jerry Lawler. Fairly commonly in the territories, you would have the top star who kind of have, have a vested interest uh, in the success of the company. So you wouldn't just like pay him, he'd be kind of part of the ownership. And so that's what Jerry Lawler was. So he owned a stake in the company. He was also their biggest wrestling star. Uh, Jerry Lawler arguably is probably the biggest overachiever in wrestling of all time. Like not a particularly great, in great shape or anything like that. Really good talker. Um, but he managed to successfully draw people to Memphis, like 10,000 people over and over and over, like for, for decades. It's crazy how popular he was in the city of Memphis. But uh, <clears throat> the Memphis territory was always well known for like just kind of having wacky, wacky gimmicks. Uh, I remember seeing recently back in, you know, that early 80s time frame, there was this dude who they called, oh gosh, what was the name, like Gargantor or something like that. That's right. Yeah. He had this weird like leather face mask on and he would just do like licking things out of his mouth like a, like a snake would do like a was his tongue split no his tongue was a normal man I tongue. see that he had his little pot belly hanging out of his t-shirt that he was wearing in the ring it was just a, an odd thing but yeah. when Andy Kaufman approached Jerry Lawler about this idea Lawler knew that this would be great for his territory and so they moved forward with it and kind of devised how they wanted to uh, to plan this whole thing out and so our match that we're going to be watching today, it's not the very first match between Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman. I'm going to go on a rant. None of this has been a rant to this point. All this has been educational information. <laughs> Where do I want to start this rant? So when I knew that we were going to do this episode, which, like, we have to. We have to do this episode. This is one of the most important, like, storylines of all time. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but... But we have to do the fucking uh, episode. Yeah. But, like, the original match between Jerry Lawler and A.D. Kaufman is not available fucking anywhere at all. I found it on YouTube, but the WWE had it blocked on copyright grounds. Your response? I just have a story. Huh? I just have a story, but it's similar. Go ahead. No, go for no, it. No, I mean, I, okay, I had the same issue where I was trying to come up with a, a short film. That I wanted to... I could not find this anywhere. I searched the internet like... Was this a porn? <laughs> was it? What was it? it? It's called Bring Two's Vows Revenge. What? I'll just... I'll, I'll, sh I'll, I'll, I'll show you later. No, what's it called? Bring Two Vows Revenge. Bring Two... Val... Vows Revenge. Val? Val. V-A-L. V-A-L. Okay. Comma S. All right, yeah, sure. We'll delve into that. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Anyway, um, I, I could not I could not find this video anywhere, and it was it was getting so I I contacted the uh, makers of the video, and I got a Vimeo copy of, of the video sent to me directly in there, and you, you can show it. It's been kicked off, you know, YouTube for copyright violations. So how did you know how to contact the? Makers? I had to find. It. I was just desperate. I, I had been. It had been months that I was looking for this, and finally, I just I, I got their like contact info, and I was able to pull the uh, pull the video down. I was very proud of myself at that point because uh, the video it just doesn't exist on the internet anymore. Brink Two Val's Revenge yeah. no longer exists on the internet. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So you have the sole copy. I have, but it's only for your for your eyes only. Well, they said I could share it. Oh. Uh, I don't think they're very happy about getting taken down either, but it's been taken off everything. You can't find this video. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so it just kind of goes along with your, your frustration of not being able to... So it's not a porno. It's not a porno, no. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, we'll check it out. Have you have you gone to that? Those sort of lengths for a porno? Or... I mean, contacting the makers? No, I never have. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought maybe it was like the only porn that you know you enjoyed, <laughs> sure, that you could find find yourself in, yeah. so to speak. But it's not that. It's not that. Uh, so my here, here's my situation. Here's why I'm so angry about it. Mm -hmm. So I tried finding this match. I looked for over an hour. I found it on YouTube. 
right? And so you can, depending on how you're looking, you can actually find videos and you can see it like listed in the results. But then if you click on it, it's like someone talking about it or something. No, no, not even that. But like, oh. if you click on the video itself, it'll act like it's going to play for like a second. And then you'll just get a black screen. Video's been blocked on copyright mm. grounds, blah, 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 blah. And so I'm like, okay, so WWE blocked it. So because they blocked it, that must mean that they have it posted on the WWE Network, mm. which I had intentionally fucking canceled. But then I knew, well, goddamn, I'm not going to need to get this fucking network again if me and Ryan are going to watch all these wrestling matches. So then I resubscribed to the WWE Network for the low, low price of $9.99 a month. Everyone loves these monthly wrestling <laughs> Yeah. Uh, network subscriptions. So I resubscribe to the network. I type in Andy Kaufman, specifically trying to find, which it sounds silly, but this match is a fucking historic match. It needs to be accessible somewhere. They don't fucking have it. They don't have one thing with Andy Kaufman on their network. That's bullshit. It's bullshit that they're going to pull it from the internet, but then not make it accessible through their own platform. Yeah, that's fucking that's horseshit. Yeah. I had to buy a goddamn DVD on Amazon, which I haven't done in years, to find not even that match, but a match between Lawler and Kaufman. It was it more than the low price of $9.99? It was substantially higher than $9.99. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it was DVD priced, but I, I made that sacrifice because I thought it was important that we watch the match. And Heather and I watched the DVD. You was, did. We you did. We watched it last yeah. evening. I think she enjoyed it somewhat. Yeah. Uh, but that's my rant. WWE, fuck yourselves. Either post the match on your thing or just like stop being assholes about pulling it off of the internet because people want to see Jerry Lawler versus Andy Kaufman. Put it on Vimeo. Put it. Yeah. Just send me the Vimeo link, yeah. and then I can just watch it whenever I want. But so we will be watching one of the uh, the Lawler coffin matches just to kind of set the stage as far as what happened the first time so the build up to this match was coffin was doing his intergender routine so he like women would get pulled in from the audience he would wrestle them inevitably he would beat them finally he he uh, wrestled this one woman who was like really giving him a run for his money eventually he beats her and after he beats her he's kind of like rubbing her face on the mat and stuff like that he's like you know making fun of her and, uh, Lawler, Jerry Lawler happened to be ringside and so he climbs in the ring and he shoves Andy Kaufman off of her to like you know protect her, save her and then Andy Kaufman starts screaming how he's going to sue everybody he's going to sue Jerry Lawler, he's going to sue the woman in the ring, he's going to sue every, all the 10,000 people in the stands he's going to sue all of them because he's from Hollywood there you go. it's funny it is funny, it's good stuff, <laughs> lawsuits everybody yeah. finds lawsuits no, funny yeah. Yeah. he um so they set up a match, which we'll watch some of the background to that match because that's the best shit of all time. Uh, well, And so they set up the match between Lawler and Kaufman. Kaufman runs away for at least five to ten minutes, like just like running out of the ring and like hiding in the ropes because if people in the ropes, the referee has to separate him. It's like boxing. Uh, finally, Jerry Lawler, he puts his hands behind his back and he leans forward and he kind of, he says to Coffin, you know, like, hey, put a headlock on me. Just, I'll allow you to put a headlock on me. And so everybody's screaming, like, yeah, fucking get him. And so tentatively, Kaufman puts the headlock on on uh, Lawler, and he starts squeezing down, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I got him now. And so you can see kind of Lawler just motioning everybody, like, hey, just wait a second. So he lets Coffin build his confidence up. Then he picks him up, drops him on his head. Picks him up and then he gives him an actual pile driver, not the bullshit <laughs> pile driver that you came up with, but a real life pile driver. Okay. And <laughs> Love a good pile driver. Couple. Of, everyone loves yeah, a good pile. Yeah. It's no stormbreaker, but yeah. it uh, it's good. <laughs> so he pile drove him two times. <laughs> they loaded him onto a stretcher, put him in an ambulance, and took him to the hospital, which I believe he legitimately did stay in overnight just to sort of sell that this pile driver like broke his neck. And so the match yeah. that we're going to be watching is the follow up to that. So it's not where. Uh, Kaufman and Lawler had their incident, their okay. original fight, but this is a follow-up where it's a tag team handicap match of Jerry Lawler versus Andy Kaufman and his partner, Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart. Mouth famous famous manager, so he's he's another little Weasley character. Okay. So, so that'll be what uh, what we end up watching here today. Very much looking forward to it. 
I think it's that time again, Ryan. Okay. All right. It's that time for Ryan's yep. Corner! There's nothing more that I like than a fresh cut long. What do you got for Thank us, you. Ryan? Thank you, Eric. What do you got for Ryan's Corner? <laughs> I can't wait to hear your, your thing. I brought a lot with me today, but Eric, when I came in, I was starting to kind of go through the stuff I wanted to bring up. You told me that you had something that you felt would be... Um, I've been talking nonstop for the past half an hour, so if you have anything, you're welcome to to don't don't put this on me now. I have to scrap everything. <laughs> um, That's fine. Since you're uh, not going to again take advantage of this time, the platform that I'm giving to you on this podcast. In two weeks. Nonetheless, since you're not going to take advantage of it, I have another topic for us to discuss. Question for you, Ryan: mm. Is foosball? The most obnoxious table game. I don't game. like spoo- uh, foosball. I'm not, you don't like s- what? I don't like foosball at all. Are you going to say spooge ball? Yeah, I think something like that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I, I've never liked that game. I'm a ping pong guy. Foosball, t- foosball is not fun, no, first of all. it's not. It's like, it's terrible. It makes your wrists hurt. Like, I see people get super aggressive and it's like very loud. Overall, it's just a horrible, horrible thing. It is. I'm not going to, it's not a sport. No. I Barely qualifies as a hobby or, or an Does, interest. Doesn't even qualify as a hobby? Not to me. Yeah. But I was sitting down. I like I like space. Like if I'm if I'm eating a meal, if I'm having lunch, I like to kind of just be in my own area. You know, I don't want people all around. I just kind of want to you know separate myself. I don't want to sound like a creep, but I just like having my own my own space in that situation. So the way the break room is organized, like you got your main floor, and then you have kind of this uh, other area that you're welcome to go to that have like more theater style seating type of things like nice leather chairs but next to those leather chairs fucking foosball table so i'm sitting there i'm by myself nobody else is there i'm in the corner of this room just enjoying whatever it is that i'm eating when all of a sudden two people they just come right up and they just start playing foosball super aggressively super loud and i'm just like trying to like dink around on my phone eat my meal in peace, just have a little bit of like quiet time before I have to go back to work, but uh, totally ruined by these... How old were they? Uh, about my age. Yeah, okay. Maybe maybe slightly younger, but you know, mid, yeah. early to mid-30s, okay. I would say. just wonder if it's still a popular game with... I don't know. Yeah. Somebody should do some I mean, research. it's one of those just class... I mean, you just play it, right? But like, yeah, I don't... I don't it's not my thing. I would be, I would give a pass. So I do like peace and quiet. I've made that abundantly clear. I would give a pass to people playing air hockey. Because that's a real game. That is that's a game for men. You're spot on with how you <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, that's why we took that compatibility yeah, test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great game. It, it's the, it's, yeah. is it the best game? It, it's, I think it's up there with, with, like I said, ping pong. That's just table tennis, air hockey. Sure. Um, I used to Did have you say hockey. ping pong and t- table tennis are different? or were you... No, I was just saying like okay. table tennis, air hockey. Like, you know, that sounds... You don't different. strike me as a ping pong man. I don't, I don't oh, know. I love ping pong. Do you? I do, yeah. Do you have a ping pong table? No. Garage isn't big enough. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. We don't have a four-car garage. Well, you know, not everybody can be so lucky. Yeah. Um, but I used to have an, an, an air, air hockey table. Um, Did you really? Yeah, as a kid, like a little one. Okay. But still like a decent size for like, you know. Man, must have been living like a king. That was. That <laughs> point. <laughs> you got broken. I think it broke like right in the middle. Oh, just yeah, like. Like a nasty split right in the middle of hard, the Hard. Did you get slammed on it? Or was I don't it know. Hard I don't recall. I, I was the most responsible kid. I, it could have been something stupid. It probably was. I, but I know it was definitely broken. Um my parent, you're not getting another air hockey table. That was their response <laughs> to that. Uh, what about the the game sitting adjacent to us? Um, we got shuffleboard. I, I've seen it like in some like like new apartment complexes. They have like these large, you know, kind of uh-huh. shuffle. I, I I don't play it a lot. Um, That's surprising. I for me, my own personal, I would say shuffleboard immediately followed by air hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, man, what else is there? I'm not a huge ping pong guy. My hand-eye coordination is admittedly uh, not the best. Maybe I should test it again after, after I got LASIK, but uh, mm. not not the best traditionally. And then foosball, 
like way down in the in the depths of hell. Foosball so boring too. It's boring. It sucks. <laughs> Only nerds play it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck foosball. <laughs> That's my stance. I'm drawing a line. Stance, the yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, foosball can burn in hell. I hope all. I hope all those little little foosball men. Yeah, it's just it's funny you bring this because I've always felt that way, and I don't know how many people have actually, found, especially enough to bring it up. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, maybe you go like you're with some people and you, there's a foosball table. And I'm like, I don't really play. Like no, but like to bring it up out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I was confronted with it. I couldn't. I couldn't help but notice how much I fucking hated that goddamn game because I was just it was thrust upon me. I was an innocent bystander, and people were foosballing upon my person, and I had, and then like I just felt helpless. I could do nothing but just sit and take it, getting foosballed on. You could have left. Yeah, that admits uh, defeat. I I did leave after I finished eating. I wasn't going to give them the courtesy of walking away and letting them just foosball in peace. So I just glared at them as I ate my chicken tendies, and that was the end of it. Anything Anything else uh, about foosball that you wanted to uh, to make mention of? Not a big problem. You're a ping pong guy. Are you good at ping pong? I, I am good at ping pong. I like ping pong a lot. Yeah. Would you say that that's like the, the hobby game that you were the best at is ping pong? I don't. Yeah. I mean, I was good at it. Um, I like tennis too. So you don't why. strike me as a tennis guy. I like tennis. Yeah. I, every once in a while I take credit. I beat her. <laughs> what do you think the, uh, if you're familiar with Venn diagrams, right? Yeah. What do you think the Venn diagram would look like of people that drive jacked up pickup trucks and who play tennis? <laughs> what do you think that would look like? I think it'd be very slight. I don't even know if they would touch. <laughs> you would be it. Yeah, no, that like, might be the only like sliver of uh, yeah, yeah. Do you watch tennis? No. Okay. No, I, don't. I would go to like a big match just because interesting like sports matches like that are are interesting <laughs> interesting sports <laughs> matches are interesting. I, I just like there's certain things i would like I, I would go like a wnba game we had tickets available i wanted to go i had plans but um they were giving out free tickets i would have totally gone hmm. just because you know the world ch- the champions are they for, i don't know if they yeah. are right now but they've won it in the in the past so. um yeah so roller roller derby we have roller derby mm. here maybe not right now did i tell you about roller blades what like recently, oh, they're my truck. You, you next time I'll. Uh, yeah. Why did you buy rollerblades? It was uh, <laughs> this was in March of this year, uh, <laughs> and I was just I I was really because I used to rollerblade, and then I was like I'm gonna start getting back on the Centennial Trail and like start you know really blading. Is that what they call it? Blading. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Um, can I ask you just one really quick sure. question? Do you subscribe to a subreddit about rollerblading? No, but do you remember, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Do you remember when I sent you that 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 uh, it was like a message about like you know, the, the guy on math who went like through Walmart and he was just, like eating beef jerky and like or it, so did I not send you that one? Stop hitting your your knee. It's gonna pick up on the microphone. Do you remember the the meth blading? Meth. Ah, uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. It was a Reddit post. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, but that was right a... around the time I was getting like this just some roller. So I may have been on some rollerblading subreddits <laughs> at the time. Uh, what do you mean some rollerblading subreddits plural? Some... Is there really multiple? I'm sure there is. Why? What would be the point? Yeah. I can't imagine that the main. If you just went to R rollerblading, I like... don't think this was. I think this was like like I think I found it on like Reddit stimulants or something. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. More so than like blading, uh, um, but yeah, that so there was a there was a really big kick I was on. And I bought them and they were like 140 bucks. They have three three wheels there, and the wheels are pretty large. You're supposed to get you know a little bit more speed um, on these three large wheels, and uh, I I used them once. It was a lot of pain when I got off of them. You, I know that you don't want to confront the reality of your life. But you're a 30-year-old man. 29. There's no reason for you to be purchasing high-speed rollerblades at all. Roller derby. Are you... Roller derby... I don't even think... Is there men's roller derbies? I don't know. It's a sexist question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is a shocking piece of information to me. Yeah? If you would have said, name all the... 
recreational hobbies that Ryan Murphy's into, I would have not ever even have considered rollerblade. Like you strike me as like a former like a, a former skater who's who's like redeemed himself in society's eyes. <laughs> that's what you that's the vibe that I get from you. Bring to Bowser Revenge. Oh god. I I don't even know what that <laughs> reference is and no neither does anyone who's listening okay. to this. But maybe we can Well we'll try it, yeah. I'll... <laughs> I'll, I'll bring him next time. And Thank you. Just, 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 I'm, unfortunately, I don't have my Metro today. That's fine. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> huh. Yeah. All right. So, big. Is there any roller before we put a bow on this? Any rollerblading like terms that the general population should know about? Skate better. Skate better. Skate better. What is that? Is that just like a, a phrase? Is that like get something. good scrub? Is that like the kind equivalent of, of that? Kind of. It's okay. Just, yeah. I think it's important for everyone to. Take note of. All right. Last thing I wanted to say before we get started with uh, watching our match. So, <clears throat> as you've probably noticed, Ryan Murphy, there's lots of different types of matches out there. Uh, we're kind of making our way through through some of them. You know, there's hardcore matches with a lot of blood and guts and weapons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We haven't really seen you know, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah we, have, we haven't really seen a lot of that yet. There's also, you know, your high-flying matches with a lot of uh, athletics and, and aerial things such as our, our Shingo versus Will Ospreay match yeah. that we saw a bit ago. Uh, there's also story matches where it's all about the story of what is going on. And a lot of times, you know, commentary can kind of help with that. But those are not necessarily meant to be athletic-based matches. It's more about just telling a story and, and kind of getting the crowd's involvement. So from time to time, we will be watching story matches. I would say this week's episode is, is an example of that. So don't expect any flips or cartwheels or anything fancy. You're just going to get some good old-fashioned Southern Memphis wrestling from sometime in 1982. So this is even before I was born. This is going to be the oldest match I think that we will ever watch. So you you got that to look forward to. Any other questions before we jump into this thing? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Please help me on this. Please just just be a good co-host for the last half of this. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to give you our thoughts on Andy Kaufman versus Jerry, the king. Hey, everybody. Quick disclaimer before we launch into our Gold Belly ad for this week. At the time of this recording, the Maui Cookie Lady was available through Gold Belly. Unfortunately, that's no longer the case. But I think that you'll find that there is a cornucopia of alternate options available for you through that very site. Just browsing through our options right now, we've got some Clam Shack main lobster rolls. Who doesn't love a good lobster roll? You more of a turf than a surf type of guy? Well, how about Joe's Kansas City Barbecue? we got some ribs, some brisket, and some burnt ends. So please go ahead, check out Gold Belly when you have a free moment. With that said, let's go ahead and get right to Ryan's personal cookie experience. Hello, everybody. Here's the boys from the Hardmark Podcast. And today, for our little commercial break, we've got a special little treat for you. We're going to have a live tasting of the Maui Cookie Lady. We're talking the half-baked. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) This is really what I came here for today. I'm going to allow you, Ryan Murphy, to do the honors of having the first bite. Should I do that? Yeah, just... No, No, whatever. Not like eat half, but just should I cut it? You can do whatever you want. Is but is the stuff in the middle of it more so, or does it go all the way to the outside? It goes all the way to the outside. You, you, you can't. We'll, we'll work our way inside. It's fine. I got my glass of milk. First thoughts. First taste. It's pretty fucking good. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not steering the listenership wrong. Ryan Murphy is a man of his word, if nothing else. This is, uh, not only is it The Rock's favorite cookie... It's my favorite cookie too. I'm gonna delve in right now. You can smell the sea salt. Little 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 sprinkling of sea salt on top. It's got good texture too. It's got great texture. It smell describe the smell when I open up the package. You, it's frozen, you can smell. I it it like it's like cookie dough. It's like like cookie dough, like raw cookie. That, that's what it smelled like. I mean which makes sense, but uh, Well, I just unearthed a little bit of the a little bit of the Oreo in the center. All right, I see it. Hit it, big boy. Hit it. Yeah. My last, my last piece right here. Okay. Enjoy it though. Jesus. It's a big, it's a big boy. That's a good last piece though. This is insane. <laughs> it feels so. It's we're, when we when we're talking about this cookie, we're talking about chocolate chip cookie, 
that's filled with bits of Snickers, bits of... Little Reese's. I believe it's bits of Reese's, bits of Snickers, and then you got an Oreo in the center. It sounds incredibly busy, but man, what a what a cornucopia of flavors you someone, got. Someone did that right. Uh, they, they're it, just... Something in the water. Something in that Maui water. Yeah. It's absurd. I thought it was going to be too, like, I get that you can stack layers on layers of, like, candy bars into a cookie, like, it just, that's very well done. That's, that's exceptional. The I'm rock. not even a big sweets guy, like, and I, I mean, I like all those things, but not, like, on a regular basis, or I'll put to, that's a, that's just a, I, I don't know what to say. It's a hell of a cookie. You're blown away. You're speechless. This cookie's made you speechless. Do you want another bite? I do. All right. Actually, yeah. (laughs) Um, So remember, use that gold belly code that we've got posted on our social media channels. Help help support the show. Do you want to also indulge yourself in maybe the best cookies of all time? Well, just use that link and you'll be all hooked up. Thanks to Goldbelly and thanks to Dwayne the Rock Johnson for, for turning us on. I don't bullshit when it comes to cookies. I have a man no. who knows his, his cookies. I'll trust you with anything now. Talk to this guy. Just, yeah. Turn the thing off. <laughs> I'll trust you with anything now. Okay, Ryan. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Not, not a fan of the match. <laughs> I didn't think it went well at all. Uh, so unfair. Just just to summarize, so we had a two on one match: Andy Kaufman and Jimmy Jimmy Hart versus Jerry Lawler handicap match. Uh, the they won. They beat Jerry Lawler. Your prediction was that Jerry Lawler was going to win that match. So now you're back at a five. Initially, that was my prediction. <laughs> I don't think you ever really faltered. I don't think you even picked up that he had lost until the ring announcer said over the PA. <laughs> like, you just totally... I thought just... it was, like, ready for round two. They did the bells. It's like a boxing thing, right? They go, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. All right. I yeah. can see how you would you would feel that way. But, uh, yeah, they did the double pin. Yeah. They both pinned him. Um, that doesn't. That's your first loss in, in the United States. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's a shame. In Memphis, of all places. That means that next next episode, real important. It is going to be real important because because if you drop beneath five hundred, that that bodes poorly for you. That might get kicked off the show. Yeah, you might. I'll have to read through the contract <laughs> to verify if that's the case uh, or not. Um, so let's talk about some of the notes that I made. I don't have a ton a ton of notes here, but we could discuss whatever whatever we'd like to. Let's. Uh, let's start a little bit by talking about the, the promos leading up to the match. So we, we saw the Memphis, Tennessee, Mr. Lawler. It was very blatant in his uh, <laughs> way he spoke, yeah. He... I will recommend, and I stake my reputation on this, if you've never, even if you have no interest in professional wrestling whatsoever, you owe it to yourself to watch the Andy Kaufman promos that he does from his, from his palatial Hollywood estate Basically calling out Jerry Lawler. They are the best. Oh, my gosh. Poolside. Yeah, poolside. Uh, talking about the city of Memphis and whatnot. There's also some follow-ups that, you know, maybe in a future thing we can get together where he teaches people how to use soap, uh, which is also phenomenal. Soap, toilet paper. In a wrestling match? No, this is a promo uh, video that he oh, does okay. where he yeah he tells them about you know soap and toilet paper and, and all that all that good stuff which is also phenomenal bad guy work I liked his belt on the table <laughs> very <laughs> small you wouldn't even notice it maybe but then <laughs> I watched that clip several times yeah. since I bought that DVD I had never even noticed the belt well, so. it's an intergender belt it, yeah it's the intergender champion yeah, of the world uh, so it's very impressive yeah um, and he wrestled that woman in front of the pool and yeah. his lawyer. 327 pounds. Mm-hmm. Was that? Yeah, I believe that, that was the, the figure that we that we landed on. Yeah. I should have seen it coming after that. Yeah. But that was probably the best bad guy work that we've that we've seen on the on the program. Yeah, no, the, the whole match was good. That was that was I, I enjoyed it. I I feel like I should have seen this coming. I just didn't Why is that? I I felt like because it was in Memphis and this is the WWE, like that it was going to go. It's know. not WWE. WWF. It's not WWF. We talked. Were you? Were your eyes just going in the back of your head when I was talking about the territories? 
Andy Kaufman went to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon said no, so mm. Andy Kaufman went to Memphis. This is a totally di- this is a different territory. It has nothing wrestling. to do. With- it was wrestling. How many times do I have to lecture you about <laughs> Kleenex and WWE? It's it different brands, right. different things. Fine. So what were you saying? So I'm just in his in his home in his home state, his home city. Mm-hmm. I. I just I did not I did not see the bad guys coming in and taking and taking I, I didn't see it like it, it was a very raw match it was very much a something that said I should have maybe picked up that this was a little bit more like um, intimate like a little bit more of an intimate setting you know like and I'm a little embarrassed by my pick now I, uh, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone describe Memphis wrestling as intimate no, but I, I'll I'll yeah. allow you to stand by that. But yeah, they, one of the things that they did in Memphis uh, a lot was sort of like trying like prolong feuds because they had to bring people back over and over. So like if Lawler beats Kaufman immediately, where's the draw to bring people back? Like they're they're paying to see Kaufman get his ass kicked eventually, and so they're going to keep coming until that happens. So you want to draw that out. So I think that was like essentially what happened in this case because technically, even though. Lawler beat the shit out of Kaufman in their first match. Lawler technically lost. So like they they want to pay so that the you know Kaufman will get his and will finally lose and that sort of thing. So I maybe think, you should have taken that into consideration. Maybe I should have. No, I should have. Oh well. Yeah. And if there is any information that uh, you know you want me passed along before, but I, I don't want to you know paint every picture for you. I feel like you're a you know an expert level wrestling guesser at this point. So mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about the pile driver. So we've discussed pile drivers. I verbally sort of uh, told you what it was, but this is your first chance to actually see one. Yeah, I'm not. A, <laughs> so I'm not a huge fan. They just, I, I'm not sure like how you can even do that in this these sort of matches, not break someone's neck. Uh, it's, yeah, so that's the, the that's, risk you take. Is that is that the, the risk you take? Well, I mean, there's way as we talked about off air. There's ways of protecting yourself sure, if you're yeah, receiving no. a, a pile driver, and the person delivering it has to kind of know what the fuck they're doing. But it's a dangerous move. It's I'm not the, sure you could pay me a hundred thousand dollars to let an expert, you know, wrestler. Pile you would not accept a hundred grand to I don't take know, the pile driver. I don't. I, I don't know if I would trust anybody. <laughs> to, but, I mean, you're right. But, I mean, it looks like it's know, a good looking move. It's a, it's a great looking move. It's, <laughs> it's so good that I don't know if I would take a hundred thousand dollars to. Wow. I don't know. Take that don't know. top rope stormbreaker. We've got a new favorite move. You here, said but. you said there's been some people who have been. Uh, Yes, there, there have been people who have been paralyzed by it. Um, the, there's variations on the pile driver that are like more extreme, if you can believe that. And so that's generally how it does. The normal pile driver is pretty safe as long as it's being executed right. One thing that you'll notice if you see future pile drivers, which I'm sure it'll happen yeah. eventually. So I told you about the, the kind of um, tucking your chin mm-hmm. thing. Um, that you can't really see that necessarily, but also the guys will usually have their hands on, on the person delivering the pile driver on their thighs, so you can kind of sort of like push up a little bit to protect yourself. Me, I, me describing I, that, I, I, get, that, I get what you're saying, and I get the neck tucking thing, but that doesn't make me feel like that. Obviously, they're tucking their neck, they're not like, <laughs> of course, they're tucking their <laughs> of neck. Of course, wrestling expert, and of Ryan course, Murphy. like, not in a good like, you know, you're saying like they land, you know, like. They're not landing on the guy's head. Mm-hmm. They're they're you know distributing their weight and other, but obviously they're doing that. Sure. I still don't think I would trust it by like in any way <laughs> to get pile driven into a, a a mat like you know sure. wooden mat. There's a, yeah no that's fair and like this was such a good representation of what old school wrestling was yeah because blood like, on the mat <laughs> it was a blood stained yeah. mat but like really they didn't do that much. But, like, everything that they did do looked good. And, like, it was meant to elicit a response from the crowd. And so that's really what the basis of wrestling is, is you're trying not to, like, you're trying to do fairly basic things and not hurt the other guy in real life. But you want to do things that, like, give the illusion of they just got killed, and that gets the crowd to react to it. So, you know, really good example of of old-school classic wrestling. We saw the powder in the eyes, first-time powder. No steel chairs yet. No. I'm still on the lookout for a steel chair yeah. match for you, so that'll happen soon. But uh, nothing just yet. Powder in the eyes. And your prediction, we already talked about, but you're down to 500. So let's get down to brass tacks here, Ryan Murphy. We've got our rankings. we got three matches so far. This is now the fourth ranking that we have done thus far. Our top match of all time, 
as it stands right now, in your very scientific criteria, is Shingo versus Will Ospreay. That's a good match. Was Andy Kaufman versus Jerry... Andy I Kaufman I and... I don't think so. Okay. But just, should we go through the list? Yeah, we'll just go, we'll just go one yeah, by okay. one. We'll yeah. just go one by one. Okay, so so Shingo versus Ospreay is still better than uh, yeah. than this one. Uh, Hulk versus Andre. I think this is better. You liked... Uh, okay, so you, you would yeah. say that this was a, a better match than Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Yeah. All right. I'm adding that to the list right now, and it is official. That's incredible. Yeah, I thought it was better. Did you enjoy it overall? I did, yeah. I thought it was very raw. Like, I, I like that. It wasn't too overly produced. Yeah, the presentation was definitely a very gritty, yeah, dirty... Yeah, the build-up to it, you know, like, the, I, I, I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I, don't, good. I, you I think it would have lost something had you not seen the, the promos leading up to it. Well, so. even without... I mean, yes, the promos were good, but even without them, like, it was still a better match than what we watched uh, prior. <laughs> Take that, Steiner Brothers yeah. at Harlem Heat. So there we go. One of the one of the greatest matches of all time. We've got uh, Andy Kaufman and his partner Jimmy Hart defeating Jerry the King Lawler. So very very unfortunate for Ryan, but at least he got a heck of a match out of that. Next week uh, we've got another match, of course, coming up. I have a feeling that your steel chair itch is going to be scratched well, in a good, big way, good, my friend. Been waiting. Yeah, I know you have. This week, but... uh, so we're going to go journey to the land of extreme. Going back to the to the mid to late '90s, but we're going to get hardcore with it. So it'll be a little bit of a change of pace versus what we've seen. Okay. Maybe some mats being ripped up. Maybe some leg ups. You never know. It's hard to say. Both good things. Both <laughs> good things. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, Ryan, is there anything else that you wanted to say to our adoring fans and audience? No, I I, I enjoy the match this week, um, <laughs> but I've been waiting for the steel chair. So um, I. I may need to verify, but I believe that we will... <laughs> I will leave. <laughs> I will leave. If you know anyone who could replace Ryan Murphy on this program, we might... Probably never... a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Just send an email. Send a tweet to Hardmark Podcast on Twitter. God damn it, I forgot about that shit again. Hardmark on Twitter. Hardmark on Facebook. But Hardmark Podcast on all the social media channels. Uh, also, Gold Belly. Uh, buy some Gold Belly stuff. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Hardmark Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Have you gone to that, those sort of lengths for a porno? Or...